Oh my goodness. Good morning, good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports, episode 503. Welcome in. Uh, recording in two different segments today because I've got a meeting at 9 a.m., which is so fun. So I got to record before, uh, take a break, then record the rest of the show later. So there's a weird cut. That's why. Um, But let's just jump in. On Thursday night football, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the L.A. Chargers 27-24. The game was exclusively on Amazon Prime. Like, I knew that in my head, by the way, but I I wasn't ready for it to not be on TV at all. I I opened up my app, my YouTube TV app, and I went to look for the game, and I was like, oh, it's really just not, you have to use Amazon. And I used Amazon, it was fine, but... um, I can't be the only one who was kind of caught off guard by that change. Like, I knew it was coming, but it was still very jarring and weird. Uh, the game itself was awesome. We had Kirk Herbstreet from ESPN, who normally does college football. He's done an NFL game here and there uh, before, but he was paired up with Al Michaels broadcasting. It was really fun and interesting and a different dynamic than I've ever seen before, uh, and I, I loved it. And we got to watch two of the greats, not only Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet, but also... Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, and oh my goodness, there was so much good quarterback play. It was amazing. Uh, Now, I was disappointed because late in the game, there was not as much tension as I would have liked. LA was up, you know, 17 to 7 in the second half, and then Kansas City scored 20 unanswered points, and they led 27 to 17 with three minutes to go. Kansas City did. That kind of took the game out of uh, arm's reach from. The Chargers, they did try. They made it a one-score game. They scored with a minute left, but it was too little too late. They couldn't get the onside kick. And I was sad. I wish it had been... I, I can only imagine if it had been a one-score game with three minutes left to go and Justin Herbert having the ball. That would have been way more fun and way more exciting. Uh, and I can't exactly explain why I feel this way, but I felt like Casey stole one from L.A. last night. I, I thought that for most of the game, the Chargers were the better team. Great defensive line doing so many exciting stuff all over the place. Uh, And that's no knock on Kansas City. They're both juggernauts, these teams, L.A. and Kansas City. But I I thought a lot of the time Kansas City was a better team, and yet they lost. And this is a really, really big game because it's going to matter a lot at the end of the year. The AFC West is a bloodbath. Denver's got Russell Wilson. We think that's going to be good. We don't really know. Uh, the Raiders are really good. They're very talented. LA's, we've seen, really good football team. And Kansas City's still Kansas City. For Kansas City to be 2-0 right now is huge. And the next time these two teams play each other, it's going to be at uh, LA, November 20th. And we'll see where things are. But I would imagine this game is going to really matter. At the end of the year, when it's a game or two uh, separating these two teams in the standings, having the win head-to-head over each other is going to be a big big deal. Uh, Now, Patrick Mahomes was incredible as always. I encourage everyone, you better appreciate Patrick Mahomes while he's still around, while we still get to watch him. Look, he's going to play for a long time, but I just, I don't think I properly appreciated the Peyton Manning era, the prime of Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, stuff like that. I encourage everyone, this guy is incredible. Enjoy him. Have fun with it. Um, You know, I, I soak it all in. Sit back, relax, enjoy he had a sweet touchdown passer who's extending a play and made a man miss and throws like a sidearm touchdown. It was awesome. It was beautiful. I love to see it. Um, and then I really respected the performance from Justin Herbert. He got absolutely drilled. 
Uh, probably, I would imagine, broke some ribs. Still waiting on medical stuff there. Uh, but there was this play on third and one where he's looking bad. He's hurt. He was outside the pocket. Probably could have easily run for the first. In fact, not probably. Definitely could have easily run for the first down. And he just threw it out of bounds. He looked really out of it. And then somehow, fourth and one, the very next play, he throws a long ball to DeAndre Carter for 35 yards. Perfect throw in a tiny little window. I'm not sure how Herbert was able to do that, uh, but it set up the Chargers for uh, a, a final touchdown, which made the game 27-24. to 24. Great for them. I just walked away impressed with Herbert as always, but especially his toughness there in that moment. Now, the play of the game came from Chiefs rookie corner Jalen Watson. It was a tie game, uh, 17-17 in the fourth quarter. And he stepped in front of Chargers tight end Gerald Everett and grabbed an interception and took it 99 yards for a touchdown. Jalen Watson, 99-yard pick six. It was so cool. I don't put the blame on Justin Herbert there, by the way, the Chargers quarterback. His tight end Gerald Everett's got to do a better job using his body to box out and uh, you know keep the defender away from the ball. It was a crappy... I don't want to say lazy route, but it wasn't a great route from Gerald Everett. Uh, And on top of that, Jalen Watson legit made a really, really great play. Uh, And Jalen Watson is a really cool story. During college, his junior year, after two years at Ventura Community College, he was looking for a place to play. Uh, He worked at Wendy's while he was finding somewhere to play. He ended up at Washington State. But this is a guy who used to work at Wendy's who is now playing in the NFL, getting a pick six in a primetime game. He's got humble beginnings, and I really like seeing that. I'm so happy for him. It's uh, cool to see the guy doing well. He's come a long way. I I wonder if at Wendy's when he was working back in the day, he would talk about how someday I want to play in the NFL, and I bet people would have thought, this guy's crazy. And and now Jalen Watson gets the last laugh, and he's really showing off and doing great. Uh, By the way, L.A. receiver Mike Williams had a great game, three catches, 113 yards, one touchdown, LA's other top receiver, Keenan Allen, did not play because of an ankle injury. I have to wonder if Keenan Allen had played and they'd been at full strength, would LA have won this game? I I think probably. Uh, But either way, Jalen Watson was a star. Really cool story for him. Former guy who used to work at Wendy's in college, now on the big stage playing in the NFL, getting a pick six, which sealed the game, by the way, for Kansas City. You'll love to see that. And for KC, they're 2-0. They're going to lead the AFC West regardless of what happens in Week 2 because Vegas and Denver are both 0-1. So I walked away impressed and very, very happy for Kansas City. Again, Herbert, got my respect, but the star of the night was Chiefs rookie corner, seventh-round pick, Jalen Watson. All right, um, I'm going to take a short break. I'm going to go to my meeting. I will be right back, and we will continue on with Strong Opinion Sports, Episode 503. All right, we are back. Hope you're doing very, very well. I went to my meeting at the restaurant. Went really well. Um, Not going to lie to you, I feel kind of guilty admitting this. I love working there. (laughs) I I have great coworkers. Today was our alcohol meeting. We planned uh, the drinks for our new menu. It was really fun. I learned how to sell all the stuff. Uh, I just like the people I work with. and I I, I, I don't know. It's a weird time in my life, but I'm really enjoying... um, that other chapter of my life and working there. Uh, I want to start by talking about a screenshot I saw on Instagram yesterday. This was posted by 24-7 Sports. They said, because Nebraska fired Scott Frost before October 1st, the Cornhuskers owe their five-year coach a contract buyout of $15 million. If they just waited 
until October 1st, it would have dropped down to $7.5 million. They could have waited three more weeks and saved $7.5 million. It's just, man, it's a, a it's an unforced error, maybe. Uh, I guess they didn't mind paying the money, but they clearly reacted out of anger and impulse. And uh, you know what? Frankly, I'm glad Scott Frost got paid. I, I thought he... He left a really good scenario with Central Florida, and probably the only reason he left is because he went to Nebraska and played there. He was going home. I think almost any other team could have pulled him and tried to bring him away from Central Florida and wouldn't have gone. The only place it could have actually pulled him away was, in fact, Nebraska. Didn't work. They fired him. He did a lot of stuff wrong. Uh, I also just sympathize. I don't know how you recruit to Nebraska. I just do not know what the selling point is to get people to go there. If you're 18 years old, I, I think the, the best thing you can do is pay uh, an 18-year-old kid NIL money. Give him a brand deal to get him there. But I thought Scott Frost had a way better recruiting setup at Central Florida. Yeah, I'll go to Orlando. I'll, I'll, there's a lot of cool stuff there. There's, man, Volcano Bay. You ever, I know there's Disney World, but look up Universal's Volcano Bay. Dude, That I want to swim you around. That sounds fun. My point is Orlando's cool and popping. No offense to Lincoln, Nebraska. I had a friend who lived in Omaha, which is about an hour away. There's good movie theaters. There's some good bars in Nebraska. But compared to the weather in Florida, compared to other places, compared to USC, compared to uh, even Columbus, Ohio, a lot, lot of stuff going on. I'd rather go to Ohio State. I don't know how you attract top talent to Lincoln, Nebraska. And Scott Frost made a lot of decisions that were bad and did screwed up in games and game planning, yada, yada. But on top of that, I I don't think he ever was as good of a recruiter at Nebraska than he was uh, at Central Florida, and I kind of don't blame him for that. So um, it's just sad to me that it went south the way it did. I, I wish God Frost would have worked out there, uh, and I I'm I'm really interested to see what he does next because uh, honestly, it'd be kind of cool to see him coaching for Nick Saban at some point. I could see him doing a redemption arc there, as a lot of coaches have when they. They fire, you get fired and fail out. Um, I, I think we're kind of, I'm, I'm waiting on notice to see what Dan Mullen does. But Dan Mullen, he's working for ESPN right now. Maybe he'll go to Alabama next. Maybe Scott Frost will. I don't know. Would Nick Saban even want Scott Frost? I don't know. But uh, I like that thought. He can pull a Steve Sarkeesian and go recuperate his career at Alabama with Nick Saban. Let's now talk about college football week three. I'm really excited for college football week three this weekend. There are five games that I am paying attention to. The first game is number one ranked Georgia at South Carolina. I expect Georgia to win this game easily. I would be shocked if they didn't. Uh, but what I'm excited to see and, and I'm pumped about is watching South Carolina quarterback Spencer Rattler. And I want to see how he handles playing against a really, really good top-notch Georgia defense because they are a stout group. And Spencer Rattler's a good quarterback on a bad team. This year is really going to test him. He's going to have to display a lot of discipline and have to make good decisions in spite of the fact that there's not great stuff around him. And be patient because I think he's going to lose a lot of games and um, he just got to keep dialing it in and be patient and making good throws and good decisions and not let the fact that they're losing and not let the fact he doesn't have a lot of help pull him down. Frankly, it's going to be very good for Spencer Rattler. He's going to grow a lot as a quarterback if he can stay disciplined and be patient. And I want to see Spencer Rattler this weekend be challenged to play a clean game 
and a disciplined game. I don't care if the ball gets tipped up the air and picked tipped up in the air and picked off or this and that. What I want to see is good decision making. And when the game gets tough, they get down by 21 points, yada yada. Does he start forcing bad throws into coverage or not? Because that is the way. If you want something to pay attention to in this game, you're looking for a storyline to care about. Does Spencer Rattler stay disciplined in a really tough matchup against Georgia? Game number two is number 12 ranked BYU uh, at Autzen Stadium in Eugene at number 25 ranked Oregon. Hey, Oregon, they're ranked. Good for them. I kind of like that. Oregon got hammered by Georgia, but that's understandable in my mind. Um, BYU is coming off of a really big win uh, at home against BYU, uh, against Baylor in overtime. I guess double overtime, really. Good for BYU. That'll be a, uh, that was a fun game last week. Now they're going to play Oregon, and for Oregon... I think this is the first fair fight of the year, really, because they've gone from one extreme to the other. Week one, they got absolutely obliterated by Georgia, 49-3. to Then in week two, Oregon dominated Eastern Washington and won 70-14. to They haven't played in a normal, legit matchup so far this year. How about the happy medium uh, between BYU and Oregon? I am hoping for a close game. I got my fingers crossed. I really want that to happen. Uh, I'm very excited to watch Oregon's quarterback, Bo Nix. He's got a lot of talent. And uh, I think among matchups in the top 25 this weekend, BYU-Oregon feels fun and interesting. Dan Lanning, uh, gonna have he's a new coach at Oregon, came over from Georgia. This is an opportunity for him to show, hey, things are changing. Georgia was a bad look, but you know what? We were outmatched physically. Here's a fair fight, and look what we can do in a fair fight. Uh, keep your eye on BYU-Oregon. This weekend. By the way, I really like BYU's head coach. He's awesome. Uh, just big fan of him as a human. Then you have number 13 ranked Miami at number 24 ranked Texas A&M. Game at College Station uh, in Texas. Very exciting matchup here. This is Miami's first legit opponent of the year as well. Uh, so far, they've beat Bethune-Cookman 70-13. to Then they beat Southern Mississippi last weekend 30-7. to Texas A&M is a real challenge for Miami, finally. And they've got a new head coach, Mario Cristobal. And A&M are, you know, A&M is coming off of a really bad loss to Appalachian State. So this is going to be an interesting matchup. And it's my first time watching Miami's quarterback, Tyler Van Dyke, who has been sold to me as a really talented NFL prospect. He wasn't on my radar much last year. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not going to watch Bethune-Cookman against Miami. Here's Tyler Van Dyke in a real moment, in a real game, and I've got my attention on it. I'm excited to see what happens, and I'm very hopeful that he can... I'm rooting for the guy to show he's a great NFL quarterback. I want to see him do well, and I I like that thought. And having another great quarterback to throw in the mix uh, for the draft season in the next couple years is really exciting. So uh, I have my eyes and my full attention on Tyler Van Dyke to see what happens uh, in my first time paying attention to him this weekend against Texas A&M. Game number four is Mississippi State at LSU. LSU is one and one. Uh, they lost week one to Florida State. Then they dominated D1AA program, Southern University, 65 to 17. So it's, I don't know. It's, it's last week, in my mind, is just a, a boring waste of a week if you're an LSU fan. This is the first SEC matchup of the year for LSU with their new head coach, Brian Kelly. All eyes are on Brian Kelly. What happens here in this moment? And I'm very excited to watch LSU's quarterback, Jaden Daniels, a transfer from Arizona State in a big moment, uh, hosting another SEC program. I'm excited to see what happens. 
game number five is one, if you like quarterback play, this is the game to watch. Fresno State, they're unranked at number seven USC. USC is probably going to win this game. But in this game, you've got two really good quarterbacks, Jake Hayner from Fresno State and Caleb Williams, uh, who he's a sophomore. He's not eligible for the draft, but in two years from now, Caleb Williams is going to be probably the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. So I am telling you, this is a really fun quarterback matchup. I'm excited to see it. And, uh, man, if you want offense and fun stuff going on, I believe it's the late game. I I think it's like a 7.30 kickoff West Coast time. It's going to be on late Saturday night. Fresno State at USC is going to be a lot of fun. I think high scoring. I think interesting. And uh, I I just, I am telling you, Jake Hayner, there's something there. At the NFL level, he's really accurate. He throws a lot of back shoulder fades and, uh, they're outmatched physically in this football game against USC, but keep your eye on Jay Kaner and Fresno State at USC this weekend. Now, this game is worth mentioning. I don't care about the game I'm about to talk about. Uh, number 22, Penn State, is going on the road at Auburn. People are going to want me to talk about it, and I just do not find it compelling. I don't care. I'm mentioning it so that people don't comment, what about Penn State Auburn? But personally, like, eh, I don't care. Uh, neither program is going anywhere this year. They're not going to make the college football playoff. Uh, and I I haven't found a great reason to care. I, I'm interested in TJ Finley, I guess, Auburn's quarterback. Penn State's quarterback, Sean Clifford, is bad. I just don't, I'm so tired of him playing, and I, I'm so over it with Sean Clifford. I don't care at all. Uh, so I'm not interested in that game at all. So before you can even mention it, let me tell you, hey, Penn State Auburn. If you enjoy it, I'm happy for you. I hope you have a great time. I'm not going to watch it unless it goes to like triple overtime and there's a reason to care. So um, that game is not on my radar, but it is a big matchup that people are talking about this weekend. And uh, if if I look at it and there seems like some compelling reason to watch, I will. But there's so many other games I'd rather watch. I'm just not going to make time for that one. All right. Um... Man, I'm really excited. You know, before we get into the NFL weekend coming up, I got a message from a guy on Patreon. Last name, Nixon. I'll just say that. But if if you're out there, Nixon, you know who you are. I appreciate you. He sent me this on Instagram. If you need a reason to keep watching Formula One this year, keep an eye on that race for second in the driver's title. It's going to be close, in my opinion. Three drivers are in the fight, and possibly Lewis and Carlos Sainz as well, if some things fall their way in the next few races. You got Charles Leclerc, Sergio Perez, and George Russell, maybe even... Carlos Sainz and Lewis Hamilton all battling for second in the Drivers' Championship in Formula One. Uh, thank you, Nixon. I appreciate that a lot. Uh, now, NFL Week 2 is coming up. This weekend, there are a bunch of games I'm really excited to watch in the NFL. NFL Week 2. The number one game I can't wait to watch is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at New Orleans. It's Jameis Winston against his old team, Tampa. They replaced Jameis with Tom Brady, which you couldn't blame him. They won a Super Bowl. Jameis had 30 interceptions the year before. Uh, But last year when Tampa played New Orleans and Jameis Winston, Jameis coincidentally, coincidentally, uh, after giving away the playbook (laughs) to his his new team about his former team, uh, he tore his ACL. So he got hurt last year playing against his former team. New Orleans is loaded this year. Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Chris Olave, a good defense, a good offensive line. I mean, talent everywhere. And Jameis is, I don't know if you ever watched Jameis Winston talk. He's absolutely hilarious to listen to. It's like such a weird, all over the place, chaotic interview anytime he talks to a microphone. Uh, And in recent years, 
Tampa has been dominated by New Orleans, even in the Tom Brady era. So this is going to be a really interesting matchup. And I, I find myself, even as a Tom Brady fan, very much rooting for Jameis to beat his former team. And uh, I talked a lot this offseason about how I want to see Jameis Winston with his second opportunity to be a franchise quarterback, really grab the opportunity by the horns and succeed and do well. So I am rooting for Jameis in this game week two. Game number two, Commanders at Lions. I believe Washington wins this game. Uh, but a 2-0 start would be outstanding for the Commanders who've got a new team name, a new quarterback, Carson Wentz. They're really trying to win. And I'm not really sure who to root for in this game. I... I find Washington interesting. I want Carson to prove himself. But I love, love, love Dan Campbell in Detroit. I'm rooting for him to succeed, and I, I really don't want to see Detroit start 0-2. So my heart is so torn here. I don't, I'm not a fan of either team, and I just don't know what I want to see happen. I'm hoping it's good, and I want a close, fun game between Washington and Detroit. Number three. Here's a weird one. Um, Carolina at the New York Giants. The Giants are coming off of an awesome week one win over Tennessee. I think the pressure's off a little bit of New York. They, they won their first game. It was fun. It was an exciting moment. Saquon Barkley was incredible. Daniel Jones did well enough to win. Carolina lost week one. And you've got two quarterbacks trying to prove themselves, Baker Mayfield and Daniel Jones. And Matt Rule, a coach in Carolina who is frankly on the hot seat and at risk of losing his job. Brian Dable is safe and... I, I just know this, a 2-0 start for the Giants with Brian Dable, their new head coach, would be incredible. I don't know what's going to happen here, but it's going to be, it's like a science experiment. Keep your eye on Carolina at New York against the Giants. Game number four, Dolphins at Ravens. I do not like what Baltimore have uh, in the receiving room. Their weapons receiving do not impress me. I worry about their passing game. And specifically, this matchup is really bad for Baltimore because Miami has a really really talented talented group of secondary players. And I think Miami's going to shut down the Ravens' passing game. Now, that may not matter because Lamar Jackson might run all over Miami. I don't know what's going to happen here. Uh, how is Tua Tungavaloa going to play? Game number two, I thought he played decent against the Patriots. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm frankly not that impressed by Tua so far this year. He He's good. I watched Ryan Tannehill play. Uh, and I was like, you know what? Ryan Tannehill might be better than Tua. Uh, there's a lot of quarterbacks around the NFL where I go, you know, if you put Daniel Jones in Miami with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, might be better than Tua. So I, I, I'm not, I'm, I love Tua as a person. I'm very skeptical of Tua. And in a game where you've got a mismatch, your defense, their strength against the weakness of the Ravens, their passing game, um... I think big questions are going to be answered in this game. But how is Tua going to play? That's really going to matter, I think, this weekend. And uh, it, I would love to see the Dolphins go 2-0. Uh, but I also... Lamar Jackson, man, he he finds a way. And I, despite being outmatched against a better secondary with a weak receiving core, Lamar Jackson terrifies me. And Tua is just not dynamic. If Tua needs to win the game, I don't know that he can. Whereas Lamar Jackson, former NFL MVP winner... If this game comes down to the wire and it's within a score and someone needs to make a play at the end, I very much believe Lamar Jackson is that guy and not Tua Tungavaloa. Game number five, uh, Falcons at Rams. Yeah, I'm excited to watch Marcus Mariota, Atlanta's quarterback. He's awesome. He's from Hawaii. I love the guy. Uh, he's fun to watch. I like Marcus Mariota's style a lot. 
He can run. He can throw. That should be interesting. But what I'm really interested to see here is how does L.A. bounce back after losing on opening night of the NFL season? They lost to the Buffalo Bills. It was a blowout. It was bad. I'm worried about Matthew Stafford's arm. Can Matthew Stafford throw? There was a clip of him saying, I can't throw the ball holding his elbow during week one. On I saw it on TikTok and Instagram and everywhere. He seemed hurt week one. So what's going to happen with Matthew Stafford? Does he throw more interceptions? Can he throw the ball? I don't know. Also, the Rams offensive line was suspect. How are they going to play? They're playing against a defensive front that's not as good as Buffalo. Is Allen Robinson, their new receiver, going to get more targets than he did week one? I would hope so. I certainly hope so. And how about Cam Akers, their running back, who was not utilized very much week one? Is he going to get more carries and more yards and going to be featured more in this game? Um, The Rams are very interesting week two because I want to see how do they bounce back uh, after a really rough beatdown week one against Buffalo. Game number six, here's an interesting one. It's all about the quarterback. Seattle at the 49ers. Seattle quarterback Geno Smith looked really good week one against Denver. Um, and I just, I, I wonder, can he keep it up? Can Geno Smith keep playing at, with a high completion percentage and no turnovers? Like, I, he wasn't 500 yards and five touchdowns week one, but he was safe. He was um, accurate. He took care of the football. Can he keep that going against the 49ers this weekend? Remember, they have a rookie left tackle and a rookie right tackle. Ah, that makes me very concerned because the 49ers have a really, really good defensive line. I think if the decline for Geno starts, it could start this weekend uh, against a really good defensive line at San Francisco. The 49ers quarterback, Trey Lance, looks suspect week one against Chicago. Now, the weather wasn't great. There were bad conditions. So I got my attention on Trey Lance. Can he play better? But this matchup, Seattle against the 49ers, it's all about the quarterbacks, and it should be very, very fun to watch. Game number seven, Arizona at Vegas. Both teams are 0-1. You got Derek Carr. You got Kyler Murray. You got uh, a lot of talent all over the field. I expect a high-scoring, exciting game. I don't know who's going to win. I have no idea. But if you want a fun game to watch, I think this game's going to have... Scoring similar to like a Big 12 game in college football. I think it's going to be all over the place and balls flying, you know, deep balls and Kyler Murray running around and all kinds of fun stuff happening in this game. And I cannot wait to watch uh, Arizona at Vegas this weekend. I think it's just going to be fun and high-powered offenses and a lot of scoring. In fact, if it's not, if if I come back Tuesday and I'm like, yo, did you watch that that boring as heck three to nothing game? between Vegas and Arizona, I would be absolutely shocked. I could, I do not see it being a defensive battle at all. Uh, and I'm, I'm really very much believing it's going to be a offensive shootout. Uh, number eight, there are two Monday night football games. I expect Buffalo to dominate Tennessee, quite frankly. I don't really care about... I, like, I'll watch it. I'll watch anything you put in front of me. I love football. But I, the game I'm really excited about Monday night is game number two, the later game. Minnesota at Philly. It's very interesting. Both teams are 1-0. Got highly capable offenses. You got Kirk Cousins. You got Jalen Hurts. Two quarterbacks that people have got a lot of questions about and doubts about. Both teams have great receivers, and I am excited. I think it's going to be fun to see what happens, and I think it's going to be a really good matchup. So Monday night, the better game is Minnesota at Philly, and I think Buffalo is going to dominate Tennessee. But hey, I've been wrong before. We'll see if I'm wrong again. 
Now, before I go, I've got an announcement. I am canceling. I, I had planned on doing a prediction series where I was going to make predictions every week. I thought I would predict games, and I tried it. It was an experiment week one, and I, I, I got a report back. I just don't like doing it. It feels hollow. I don't know. I feel like I'm guessing. I, I don't know how to predict it. I, I, like, I don't know. I, I know people want predictions that people really like it. I find it very stressful and not fun, and at this point in my life, I'm making content because I enjoy it. So I'm actually going to nix the prediction series. I know it would get views. I know people want it. I apologize. Here's what I'm going to do instead. Um, and by the way, I can't separate who I want to win from who I think will win. I just can't. My brain can't do. I can't be objective anymore and make great predictions. You know, I used to predict, you know, I want this team to win, but I, I hope this happens instead. I'm not able to do that right now. I, I, last week I picked Carolina over Cleveland and I picked the Jets over Baltimore. Both were kind of irrational picks, to be honest. Looking back, I'm like, yeah, that was wishful thinking. Like, those weren't well-thought-out, accurate picks. Those were you hoping they win, and you're rooting for them, and you let that bleed into your opinion and your prediction. So um, I'm just not doing predictions. I'm more interested in the storylines than predictions. But I still uh, I want to comment on every game. I like doing that. So, for example, I'm really curious how... Joe Burrow bounces back after throwing four interceptions last week. You know, Cincinnati's going to play Dallas, who has no quarterback. Dak Prescott got hurt. And I don't gamble, but I, I looked at it. How do I even say this without uh, without pimping a sponsor, a, a potential sponsor? Uh, and, and they're not going to be a sponsor, but there's certain sports books who say, like, if you bet $5, you're going to get this amount of money for free. I'm thinking about doing it and just betting all of the money I get for free, the house money, on this game because I really strongly believe Cincinnati is going to obliterate Dallas uh, this weekend. New England lost week one playing at Pittsburgh. And that feels like a huge game for the Patriots where they cannot afford to lose to Pittsburgh and start 0-2. You lose to Trubisky week two, that's a bad look. And, and Pittsburgh's playing with house money. I think they stole one last week from Cincinnati. So keep your eye on New England at Pittsburgh this weekend. Another big game, actually, is Colts at the Jaguars. Both teams are winless. Uh, the Colts are 0-0-1, one tie. The Jaguars are 0-1. The Colts went and made a move to go get quarterback Matt Ryan from Atlanta. And part of why they did it is because of how bad their quarterback last year, Carson Wentz, was on the road at the end of the year against Jacksonville. The Colts cannot afford to start the first two games of the year winless. To go 0-1-1 would be a tragic start to a big year for uh, Matt Ryan and the Colts. And, and honestly, though, I'm not going to lie to you. I think the Jaguars might win this game. I, I, I think that they got a lot going for them, and I <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be an interesting matchup, but it's a game that I feel like the Colts cannot afford to lose, where the Jaguars, they got a new coach, an 0-2 start. No one expects a lot from them, really. Um, I, I think the Jaguars, though, have an opportunity to win here and really, really disappoint the Colts. And, um, you know, I saw a clip. It wasn't a clip. It was a, an article. I'll, I'll react to it probably next episode. But Matt Ryan was talking about how part of why he went to India was he wants to win a Super Bowl. Guys, it <laughs> it's going to take a while for Matt Ryan to win a Super Bowl. I'm like, I don't I think it's gonna be a couple of years before they're they're in a Super Bowl window again, at least at least not this year. So, um you know, another interesting thought is how's Denver going to play, by the way? Last week at Seattle, um, it, it was it was ugly. And they, they had a big mistake at the end. They were bad on the goal line. 
this week, Denver plays, uh, they host Houston. It's Houston at Denver. I think as far as optics go, Russell Wilson and Denver really need to beat Houston. They're playing their first home game with Russ. It's probably going to be a party. And, and frankly, I think there's a chance Denver wins by like 20 points here. But you cannot allow Houston to win this football game. Like, it just that would be, be an embarrassment, frankly, to have your new quarterback to start 0 2 in this division when people are talking about a Super Bowl for Denver would be such a, ugh, it'd be a bad look for the Denver Broncos. Finally, um, the Green Bay receiving core was rough last week. And right now you got the Bears, sorry, Sunday you got the Bears on the road at Green Bay. I'm really, really interested to see how the Green Bay receiving core counters to last week. They got Romeo Dobbs, they got Christian Watson. Remember, Christian Watson had that drop on the first play of the game. Should have been a 75-yard bomb for a touchdown. Instead, he dropped it and only got targeted uh, once, again, the rest of the game by Aaron Rodgers. So I'm really interested to see how the Packers and Aaron play. Um, Now, the Bears shocked me, frankly, uh, winning week one over the 49ers. So suddenly I went from, if you told me two weeks ago uh, that I would think the Bears had a shot to win this game, I would have laughed at you. But I'm actually like, you know what? I love Justin Fields. I'm excited to watch him. We'll see what happens. I'm really not sure. Uh, I've got a lot of doubt about the Packers, and I'm interested to see how Aaron Rodgers bounces back with a young receiving core. The Packers are a much better team on paper. But uh, I don't know here. I'm I'm very interested to see what happens week two between the Bears and the Packers. Now, um, I'm learning how to do preview content. I think this was kind of a messy topic. Not not terrible, not great. Uh, I love commenting on every game. I want to start doing that every week uh, before we go in. I'm going to call this like a, a, a preview, probably NFL Week 2 preview, something like that. Predictions feel shallow and forced, and unless I feel very convicted in one, I'm not going to make predictions. For example, I very much believe Cincinnati is going to absolutely obliterate Dallas Week 2, and I, I feel very strongly about that. Uh, but I, I, I can't, I don't want to force myself to make predictions that I, I'm kind of wishy-washy on and don't really believe. I love asking questions every week. And, you know, what's going to happen with the Patriots? What's going to happen with the Rams? What about the Packers receiving core? Is Joe Burrow going to bounce back? Like, that kind of stuff I really like. Um, and so in the future, I'm going to combine all these ideas and we'll do a nice tight segment where I ask questions, I comment on every game. I predict the couple winners I feel you know convicted in, but uh, I also share the games that I'm excited for that I'm not sure who's going to win because that's my favorite thing in football is when there's a game that I am unsure who's going to win. I'm like I, you know, this weekend out in the desert, Vegas and Arizona, got no idea, and that genuinely really really fires me up. I can't wait for that. So uh, you know, next week I'll call it Week Three Preview. I guess we'll call it this week the Week Two Preview, uh, and. Uh, Guys, enjoy NFL Week 2. It's going to be awesome. A lot of great football this weekend. I hope you have a blast. And uh, I just, uh, you know, I'll see you on the other side. Guys, um, that's all I have today. Now, I've got another episode planned. I'm going to do a bonus episode for NFL Week 1. I'm going to call it that, a bonus episode. Recording that probably later today as well. It'll come out Saturday. Um, And so expect that soon. I'm working on that immediately after this, but I wanted to get this out quickly to talk about the Chargers game, to preview college football week three, to talk about NFL week two, kind of get some preview content out there. But we're going to go backwards in time and talk about NFL week one a little bit more in depth uh, on the next episode of this podcast. But 
Guys, thank you for tuning in. I love you very much. I really appreciate you. If you're out there and you made it this far, you're a hardcore fan. I'm very grateful. Hope you have a great day. Enjoy football this weekend. And uh, ba-dum-bum, bam, we are done.